Welcome to Able Active Moms. Jeremy Brown and his guests are here to help the struggling moms better understand and manage their time for personal health. Now here's Jeremy. Hi, and welcome back to Able Active Moms. Thanks for listening in again. This week's episode is going to be all about the core. Um, and uh, that's strange and heavily used buzzword maybe even doesn't give you a clear picture of what we're going to be talking about and if and if it doesn't i think that's perfectly fair because as i started to look up what definitions of it were uh, they are wildly widely varied and um often fairly incomplete or maybe overly specific in a way that doesn't even really relate to a normal person and their day and their function and their exercise. Um, so yeah, we're going to kind of break all of this stuff down. So it's just me today. Um, since the core is most of what I talk about on a day-to-day basis in my, in my other life in the studio with clients. Um, and while I don't think the core is necessarily the most important thing, um, Certainly, when we're talking about movement, and that's what I teach is movement, it, it's every other peripheral part of the body is really just as important. But all of those pieces do link through the core. And so I, well, I uh, wouldn't necessarily put its importance above everything else. There's no way to put the importance of anything else above the core. It is still the core, the center of all of the, the pieces. So... And it's maybe the hardest thing to connect to or the hardest thing to understand from a movement perspective. And and that's part of why I'm going to talk about it today, because it's fairly simple to understand a bicep curl. Um, If you go to do a bicep curl, you pick up a weight and you bend your elbow. I mean, that would probably be even all the direction I gave. I might give some direction about keeping your wrist straight. I might give a little bit of direction about what to do. Um, with your shoulders, but at that point, actually, most of my directions for a bicep curl would start to fall into the into the wheelhouse of core again. Like, what's your core doing as you do this exercise? And so, the actual action of the bicep curl is simple: you bend your elbow. What muscles work? Who cares? What muscles work? The muscles that work work. Do you ask you to squeeze your biceps before you do a bicep curl? No, um, that would be unnecessary. Um, but because the core is clearly more complicated, and we'll discuss why, um, it's a little harder to grasp, a little harder to get a concept of, and it maybe is a little easier to understand if you are doing an abdominal curl, if you're doing a crunch, a sit-up, you sit up, your core works to pull you up. That's more along the lines of a bicep curl. Um, It's a little harder to understand when you're doing a weighted squat or when you're just sitting or when you're doing a bicep curl what's the function of my core in those situations what is this definition what what definition helps me understand that what does this word even start to mean um, when you try to relate it to all of these different concepts all of these different potential functions that it has so we'll shoot out 
a basic definition first. So the um, the Mayo Clinic, their health part of their website says that your core is the central part of your body. It includes your pelvis, your lower back, your hips, and stomach. Um, stomach muscles are sometimes called the abs. Core exercises train the muscles in your core to work in harmony. And I think that's reasonable. And it's um, a certainly actually a more modern definition than you would have gotten uh, maybe even just a few years ago, certainly 10 years ago. Um, I don't know that it would have included lower back and pelvis and hips. So we've started to expand the idea of our core, but definitely when I teach the core, it starts out as a even bigger picture than that, which it has to. So maybe before we get to my definition of the core, um, we'll circle around to what we would like the core to do. What, what do I think the core should do? What's, what do we want it to do? What's its function? And the simplest thing that we want our core to do is actually provide function. <laughs> um, we want it to provide function for our life. So the core should, in my opinion, provide support for the torso. So everything from your neck down to your pelvis, you know, excluding the arms and the legs and the neck and head itself. So it should provide support for everything in the torso so that the torso and the peripheral attachments to the torso, the limbs, the neck can freely function as well. So it provides support so that the torso can function in motion and the peripheral parts of the body can function in motion as well. Um, so from that perspective, you can see that the core definitely also then starts to need to include not just everything from my abdominals and my lower back. Um, sometimes it's not in the Mayo Clinic, interestingly enough, but often definitions will often include the diaphragm. Um, and even that's not a good stopping point because that would only provide support up to the middle of my body. And yet I also want my core to support me all the way up through to the neck and shoulders. And, and this is a major gap. Um, and this gap is actually my niche, I suppose, um, that there is never enough inclusion of the ribs and the thoracic into the definition of the core. And maybe that's because we think of the thoracic being mostly the lungs, which are free space, almost like sponges that take in and extract, take in air and expel air um, and the heart, right? So that there's almost nothing there. And then, you know, there are the ribs and the intercostal muscles, which uh, account for breathing. And as it's just, I think an interesting disconnect that when we start to expand our definition of the core initially again if you had talked about it 10 years ago it would have probably said the abdominal muscles maybe the abdominal muscles the back muscles and the glutes um, but as we start to expand our definition it also includes the pelvis and therefore the pelvic floor muscles and the diaphragm and 
and that sheath and the transverse abdominus, which is the inner sheath of the abdominals, these are all breathing muscles. Um, so I think it's an interesting disconnect that we would include those breathing muscles, but we wouldn't branch up to include the breathing muscles of our thoracic, um, that we wouldn't start to include those in our core, especially as the muscles of the abdominals lace into the ribs, um, all attaching to the base, underside, outside, lower part of the ribs, which is, I think, why people start to include the diaphragm, like that interdigitates with, with these connection points. But this also means that it, it starts to connect up into the ribs and that the placement of the ribs has a major impact on how the muscles of the abdominals, the lower back, the diaphragm, the pelvis, even have an opportunity to function. Meaning if your ribs are in a less than ideal shape, well, here's, let's take a step back from that. We know that if the pelvis or the lower back um, are in a less than ideal alignment, it affects the function of our abdominal, our lower back and our pelvic muscles, right? They actually can't function properly if the alignment is too far off kilter. So we try to readjust alignment to help promote a more natural, healthy function. Well, the same thing applies as we look up into the ribs that the abdominals themselves can't function properly. They just don't even have the opportunity to function properly if the bones that they are attached to at the top, the lower ribs, are not in an alignment that promotes that or allows for an easy and healthy functioning. So if we circle back to a larger definition, um, and then maybe in a way even a simpler definition, I would say that your core is all of the muscles and soft tissue all the way from the top ribs of the torso all the way down through and into the bowl of the pelvis any muscle that falls inside of that space so the muscles not the muscles on the outside like our lats i wouldn't call those muscles. So those are the big muscles that do a pull up for us. Those are on the outside. Um, and some of the hip muscles like our gluteus maximus are on the outside. I would include those either, but all the muscles attaching onto the ribs inside the ribs, all the soft tissue inside the ribs, the abdominals, the lower back muscles, all the muscles inside, all of the soft tissue inside the abdomen and down inside the pelvis. And I would include all the soft tissue, including the soft tissue that runs that wraps around your abdominals and runs down in between the diaphragm and the pelvis. All of this being a means for support and force transfer and um, a place where dynamic loading happens. And we'll kind of get into that. So my definition would be, again, all the muscle and soft tissue surrounding the ribs all the way down through the spine and into the bowl of the pelvis. And that's a lot of stuff, but that would also line up with another definition. And um, if you ask me, what are the muscles of breathing? I would say that those are all of the muscles that run 
from the top ribs through the torso, down through the abdomen, and through the bowl of the pelvis. All the muscles and soft tissue that run through that space are all responsible for breathing, the, the function of our breath. And that is why, as I worked on helping people and myself, and we're going to get to that, restore a healthy abdominal function, what became most key was restoring a healthy breathing function. And um, trying where to decide where to go. Are we going to talk about breathing yet? I, I don't. I don't think we'll quite talk about breathing yet. We're going to, we're going to get to that. Um, maybe at the moment, we're going to talk about real quickly my story. So for a little over 15 years, uh, almost well, longer than that now, my, um, I have been teaching exercise and teaching exercise retraining mostly. And somehow I ended up and it's probably just kind of the way the universe works, working with people who had lower back, pelvic, hip um, dysfunction, pain, um, and working to help those people regain whatever functional activity it was. So sometimes that's just the simplest. I just want to be able to get through life and sit through a movie and go to dinner and ride in a car. And sometimes that was, I want to be able to run a marathon. Um, so how do we help restore a level of function that helps people meet their goals? And, and, and for years, it, it was more focused on trying to restore abdominal function or restore core function um, with some focus on the breathing. But of course, where I am now is not where I started. So my definition at that point was not as large as it is today. Um, and so the way I taught was not the same as it is today. So anyway, so I've, that's what I've been doing for a while now. I am a Pilates instructor and a trainer and a massage therapist who works on restoring core function. Uh, previous to that, I was a musician. I was a singer and I worked in restaurants and, and I was very interested in athletics. I was always an active child, an active youth, and I grew up being an active adult. And, um, actually at some point, uh, I was trying to be active and fit and I was starting to have discomfort and, um, feeling shoulder pain and maybe some hip pain throughout my day and doing yoga and stretching and uh, things weren't necessarily going as well as they did before. And so I decided that I was going to dive a little more into the way the body worked. And so I started studying exercise myself and studying the way exercise worked. And what was going on in my body and how could I have a better understanding of alignment and how could I have a better understanding of um, what I wanted to get out of exercise. And of course that leads you down the road to the core. Oh, well, what is the function within my own body? And of course, as you start teaching people, uh, you start to realize there's a, 
process of you learning about yourself and you learning about them and them learning about themselves. It's like I learn from people, people learn from me, and we kind of learn from each other. And um, so, of course, you know, as the universe works, it sort of led me down a path that started to help myself. And we're talking about, you know, changes that started when I was about 30. And um, we're going to get into what led to those changes. Um, but I think that's a pretty common place for people to start to feel Mm, less than ideal in their bodies, right? Like all of a sudden your body's not what your body used to be and you wake up and maybe things are not as comfortable as they used to be. You start to feel a little discomfort. You start to feel a little ache and pain. Maybe it wears off during your day. Maybe it does not. Um, you start to feel that in the activities that you do and the exercise you do in your daily life. You, maybe that discomfort starts to affect your choices and affect what you choose to participate in, um, which I think is a, a real shame, right? So I, I think there are always things to be done about that. And um, I'm very persistent person, so I don't necessarily allow something like that to make a decision for me. If, uh, if I am hitting a roadblock, I will usually try to find a way around it. And if that way around it doesn't work, I'll try to find another way around it. And I'll try to find another way around it. I'll try to find another way around it until I get through. And so that's what I did. I went on a long journey that has brought me to a better physical place of wellness nearing 50 than I was at when I was nearing 30. Um, and that's actually a wonderful thing I can say as well about most of my clients, right? They say that, you know, maybe what we've been working on has been a long journey and it's, and it's taken some time, but overall I'm in a better place 10 years later than I was 10 years before or five years later than I was five years before. Um, and I, if we're talking about time, I think that's the best that any of us could possibly, possibly wish and expect for. So all of this leads again back to just this idea of like embracing kind of lifetime health and wellness and lifetime movement. And um, I suppose that's been a major part of my story. We're going to, we're going to take a um, quick break for just a second. Uh, but when we get back, we're actually going to back up just a little bit further um, in my past for a little deeper dive into the story that led me very specifically into core work and why I have such a huge passion for um, abdominal health and pelvic health and, and, and breath health. Um, so keep listening in and we'll be back in just a minute. Thanks a lot. Move Ed is a new exercise system developed from the latest in science and designed to help you feel your body in a whole new way. Offering free online videos, live online exercise classes, and wellness tips and ideas on social media, Move Ed has options to help everyone feel and move better. 
Check us out today and start your new journey into physical health. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Able Active Moms. Have a question for Jeremy or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Hi. Again, welcome back. Thank you for listening in today. Right before the break, today we're discussing the core. The kind of nebulous idea of this body part that's so important and so talked about today. And uh, we're kind of breaking it down and breaking down what it means and what's going on and why it's important and is it important. And um, right before break, we're talking about my story because maybe that gives some insight as to hmm, where I come from and um, how I ended up where I am today. And I suppose you would call me an expert on the subject. I suppose I should call myself an expert on the subject. Um, So almost exactly 20 years ago, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. And um, been in remission ever since, which is um, typical for the diagnosis that it is not um, a, a, a terribly distressing. I mean, it, I, it's a diagnosis that most people recover from, right? And they say you're in remission, but in any way. All that being said, it's it's there are worse things going on, but it does have complications. So, of course, the first initial thing that happened was a surgery. Um, to remove a testicle. So that is a surgery that goes from your lower abdominals and through your pelvic floor. So now there's um, surgical incision and scar tissue through the soft tissue and muscles of the lower part of my core. And um, I was in stage two of this process so that at that point it is migrated up into the lymph nodes of the abdomen, right? So now it's in the middle of my body. And so after a round of chemotherapy, uh, I had a second surgery. Uh, second surgery was a fairly fairly in, a large intensive surgery. It, it took very many hours and they go in and they remove anything suspicious within your entire abdomen. So that required a 
an incision all the way from my breastbone down my center to my pubic bone. So splitting the abdominals, right, top to bottom. And um, and in the end, as they removed everything, it, it required the removal of my left kidney and part of my descending colon, which is on my left side, again, kind of working its way from the lower abdominals down through the pelvis and down kind of into the pelvic bowl. So a lot of scar tissue going on through that space. And, um, and I was young, I was in my late twenties and, um, you finished surgery. And I know that, um, shortly after I was released, right? Of course, there's no physical therapy. I suppose if I had asked for it, I probably could have received some if I had forced the issue, but of course they don't offer it. And, you know, I'm young, you bounce back, go back to your life, return to life, do things. And I clearly remember um, uh, about seven weeks after surgery, moving myself into a new second floor apartment, a sort of third floor apartment, a, a little beautiful little rooftops, attic kind of space, converted attic space that had a very steep and narrow staircase. And I clearly remember hauling on my own, um, on my back, a couch and a dresser and a bed and large chairs and tables um, up this staircase. At what point, I, I don't even know from a definition of the core, what I could have possibly been using to support these things. And I'm sure it was not healthy. And it is not something that I would ever recommend to anyone I was working with. In fact, I would probably forbid it and threaten them that they would never see me again if they did such a thing. So not the wisest decision, but I didn't know any better. And I think often people don't know any better. Um, maybe there's just an assumption that core function returns. And um, that was certainly my assumption you know, core function returns. And, and if it doesn't just return, well, then you just work on strengthening exercises to get it back, because that seems to be the um, dominating opinion, right? If you actually do any research. So that's where I came from. And I, and I, and I think though some people's stories, I hope most people's stories are not quite as um, intense in its level of trauma, physical trauma, um, a lot of the same thing happens. You, there's an assumption that something happened. Maybe, maybe that something is just I haven't been active in ten years, and there's an assumption that if I want to, maybe I'm starting to feel the ill effects of not being active for ten years, and I just want to return to an active state. And there's an assumption that your core will naturally just be there for you and function for you. And if it were a simple one piece thing like a bicep curl and you bend your elbow and it works, that might be the case, but it's not that simple. Um, or maybe the way that we view it makes it not that simple. And um, so maybe my goal is to kind of demystify the core and make it simple from a different approach and help people understand that there is going to have to be kind of a reconnecting to and a retraining of a baseline foundation to get back to where you were. Because of course, I went about my normal life and um, three years later, uh, I had a body that functioned really well before all of this um, because I'd always been uh, very active. And um, at this point was having some very serious problems, you know, like constant hip pain, uh, regular 
strange things happening in my back or my shoulders as I would do exercise. Um, and we're not even going to go into the list of all the other injuries I've had that have complicated that. I've broken a good number of bones and uh, torn a good number of ligaments and sprained a lot of things and I have quite a few scars. Um, uh, like, a, yeah, I, there's. I, you would think that I'm a terribly clumsy person, but I, I think I just uh, maybe don't always make the best judgment calls about what's safe and what's not safe and certainly do that a little more now that I'm older. But anyway, I've had my fair share of injuries and they all tend to have compounded into this. And so I started to learn about the body. And of course, then again, as I said, I started to work with people who needed to learn what I needed to learn. Um, and I started to gather enough knowledge that I could retrain all our cores. And years later, what that led me to was the current definition of all of the muscles and soft tissue. So I said before break, all of the muscles and soft tissue, starting from the very top ribs, covering all of the ribs running down through the abdomen and to the pelvis and into the bowl of the pelvis. And that that definition would match my definition of the parts of the body that are involved in breathing, which is all of the muscle and soft tissue from the top ribs, through the ribs, down through the abdomen, to the pelvis and into the bowl of the pelvis. And so when we start to retrain things, if we look at those two definitions, and we'll, we'll circle back to this, the simplest way to retrain your abdominals is start to view it as needing to retrain your breath. Um, but maybe before we get there, we're going to talk a little bit about some things that go on with core dysfunction and what they mean and, and um, who might need to take the time to back up and look at their core and re reintroduce themselves to their core as like a foundational thing and start from scratch. And starting from scratch doesn't mean going out and doing planks and sit-ups. In fact, those things can be quite harmful um, depending on the state you're in. So, um, of course, earlier in other episodes, we've talked about pelvic floor dysfunction, which I think um, for women also often presents um, for whatever reason, more than men, maybe it has to do with the changing of shape in our pelvis, um, meaning it presents as uh, urinary incontinence, uh, like bladder leakage for women, where men that doesn't present as much. So for men, you may not realize you have pelvic floor dysfunction. It can just be lower back pain or hip pain would be, I would throw into the category of pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, and so you have pelvic floor dysfunction as an issue with the abdominals that are an issue with the core that would require core retraining. Um, you have rectus di diastasis recti, which is a, a separation of your abdominals from uh, through the midline in some way. So it's a separation of your abdominals away from center, a pulling away from of your abdominals away from center, which um, in its most extreme cases can lead to abdominal hernias potentially. Um, and while this is very widely recognized among women um, certain, through pregnancy, right? That um, in fact, some studies have shown that 100% of, of pregnant women do have some level of separation, uh, some level of diastasis. Um, 
And then that starts to clear up post-pregnancy and often um, up to two thirds of women can recover from that very easily and very naturally. Uh, So that's well documented and well studied. And there are a lot of, well, well is maybe a strong word. It is documented and studied and there are some statistics on it. Um, In men, it's actually not uh, studied as well, but it is, it is known that it exists and actually in my experience, so this is just anecdotally, almost all men that I've worked with, say over the age of 50, have some abdominal separation or um, a functioning of their core that will soon lead to abdominal separation. Every single one. Um, so that's a massive issue right? Um, when we look at it. And then when they do do statistics on women, they start to find that mm, only about two thirds of pregnant women or one third of pregnant women, um, two thirds recover, one third of pregnant women do not recover from this. Um, and then that is just women from pregnancy. We do know that also diastasis recti has other causes, including exercise. Um, and so that means there are women out there who maybe aren't being studied under this statistic. So I would say that easily, as we age, 60 60 to 70% of the population is going to suffer from this issue of your abdominals pulling apart. And that causes a lack of stability through a integral part of your core. So we have issues with the pelvic floor, issues with diastasis recti. If you can imagine the two surgeries I went to, I uh, went through one through the pelvic floor and the other separating my abdominals surgically from top to bottom along the midline. Uh, These are issues that I am very well acquainted with, very personally acquainted with and have worked very hard to mm, correct as naturally as possible and integrate into function as naturally as possible. Now, certainly trauma, like surgical trauma, trauma again, just meaning injury can cause this. but, and pregnancy. So that's again, a trauma can cause this. But if we talk about everyone else, I would say the thing that causes abdominal dysfunction the most is compression. And that compression can happen a couple of ways. So problems with the core, who experiences problems with the core? That's where we are, right? So problems with the core come from compression and compression can happen from actually from exercise, that the way you exercise can cause compression. You can squeeze your core so hard and work your core so hard that it actually starts to pull away from the midline. And and that is rare, but it does show up, especially in people who do heavy weight training, huge amounts of core work. Often when I see men who are visibly very fit and very lean, very ripped, I'll see what I think is too wide a gapping between their eight pack um, that I think in later in life is actually going to lead them down a long road. They're actually putting too much compression on their core. It's causing a separation. The other thing that causes compression is gravity. And, um, you know, people talk a lot about, the issues with a look, you know, we have all have lower back pain and neck pain and shoulder pain and hip pain. And there's a huge 
acknowledgement that that can be caused by life, especially modern life and daily life and text neck and computers. And there's not a huge acknowledgement that the issue is gravity. That's the number one issue, gravity, time and gravity. And so if you think about gravity um, and what it does to our bodies, it pushes the top of our body down to the bottom of our body. And certainly I will say we do spend a lot of time sitting and I don't think this time we spend sitting is necessarily the problem. I think we should probably get up and move more. But if you think about that, it's going to compress the top of the torso canister down into the bottom part of the torso canister. So you're actually literally compressing your torso. And because you compress your torso, um, we end up putting excessive pressure on our abdomen, right? And we start to lose our ability to connect into that space. Those muscles are literally sort of under constant stretch. And so a lack of activity can cause core dysfunction, but really the lack of activity because over time, gravity causes a shifting of the way all of the muscles of our core function and they cause a compressive effect that as we said early early in the episode as we change the shape of the bones we change the opportunity for muscles to function properly so this was a very long-winded explanation but it's the point of this being who needs to reconnect to their core or or start from a foundational aspect and start to think about core function and how it relates to their life. Well, anyone who lives in the sphere of gravity um, would, in my opinion, fall into this case. I think we all need to start to assess may our breathing mechanics, um, how they affect our alignment and our posture, um, how they affect our movement or our support as we move, and how that relates to the hmm, health and motion of our torso, of our spine, of our ribs, of our pelvis. And my goal is everyone would take a step back and kind of reassess their core function. Because like I said, even people who think they have a strong core often maybe don't have a healthier functional core. Maybe again, you're working through your core in a way that puts excessive compression and that excessive compression actually increases dysfunction through the abdominals, lower back and pelvic floor, which is I think often why people experience discomfort as they're doing core exercises. I get that very regularly. I feel my lower back when I do that. Well, it's not because your abs need to get stronger. It's because things aren't going right and we need to take a step back and reconfigure this exercise. So um, we're going to take another quick break, but when we get back, we're going to keep talking about maybe some actionable ideas that we can work with and how we can start to view through the lens of viewing our core different. We, we can start to um, help it function differently and help ourselves move and support a little differently. So keep listening in. We'll be back in just a minute.
Move Ed is a new exercise system developed from the latest in science and designed to help you feel your body in a whole new way. Offering free online videos, live online exercise classes, and wellness tips and ideas on social media. Move Ed has options to help everyone feel and move better. Check us out today and start your new journey into physical health. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Able Active Moms. Have a question for Jeremy or his guests? Join us on the show at 866 472 5792. That's 866 472 5792. Now back to the show. Hi, and welcome back. Thank you for listening today. As we talk about the core, and we talk about core health and core function and what this even means. And right before break, we're discussing who needs to maybe refocus on or rethink their core and their core function. And my opinion is just about everyone. And, um, and I think then the next step becomes maybe even a trickier one. And I know for sure that every single person I've come in contact because of course they come to me because they know that they need better core function. And so at some point, every single one of them has said they need their core to be stronger some version of that. My core is not strong enough. It needs to be stronger. Well, this is happening because I don't have enough core strength. And um, I think that's a very tricky statement. And um, and I don't think it's a really healthy statement. And um, And it's a statement that makes it seem as though there is something oblique to do to get you to your goal, meaning that the way to your goal is not direct. I need to go sideward and do something else to bring me back to my goal. And what I mean by that is this, I am sitting through the course of my day and I don't have enough core support for that. So I need to go do planks or crunches to give me enough strength that there's something that then transfers over to sitting or getting more complicated. Um, I 
feel pain in my lower back when I do deadlifts or when I pick up heavy things throughout my day. And so that's a lack of strength. And I need to go and do something else, not that, to make my core stronger to help me have better core function within that. And 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 that I don't think is true. Um, and it's 100% not true. Just just 100% not true. If if you want to be able to do a better push up, work on a plank. Because that's a huge part of it, right? That is the shape that you're in. If you want to be able to pick up something heavy, address your core function while you just try to go through the movement of picking something up and then address your core function as you go through the movement of picking up something slightly heavier and heavier and heavier until you reach the point where you can maintain core function as you pick up something that is heavy as you want it to pick up. If you do not feel that you have the support to maintain an upright position through the day, address what it is about your support and alignment that's going wrong and what can you do to change that through your day and work on the endurance of that until you get there. Working on a plank to get there is just not going to help. You're working on the strength and neurological coordination of your muscles required to do a plank. Um, And the transfer over is not excessively high. Um, You would be better you would find it better use of your time to directly link the task you want to change to your idea of core support. So let's step back a second from that. So we'll go back to what do we want the core to do? We want the core to help provide us with function. We want it to, as I said earlier, we want it to support the torso in alignment and motion in a way that also provides support for free motion of the limbs and neck. And so that's all I want my core to do. It doesn't need to be any stronger than necessary to achieve that goal. So I don't need to be able, me being able to hold a plank for five minutes in no way is relative to me being able to support my posture during the day for eight hours, as I said, these are two completely different actions and I am training one does not train another. So how important is core strength? Core strength is only important as it relates to the function of the core, to the core being able to provide support and motion of the torso and support the motion of the limbs. So you only need as much core strength as required for the task that you're going to do. And given how complex the core is, how many, all right, so if we break it down again, and it's all the soft tissue from your upper ribs, down around your ribs, through your abdomen and into the bowl of the pelvis, you being able to organize or consciously contract or connect to all of the tissue in that, all of the muscle in that, in a way that relates to one task, again, say lifting a box, and by trying to get that coordination and strength from another task, like a plank, just doesn't make any sense. 
that I would do this thing. And in some way over time, this thing is going to relate neurologically um, to a different thing, right? The way that I organize my brain organizes all of that muscle and soft tissue in a plank is going to, in some way, neurologically relate to the way I need it to organize all of that muscle and soft tissue as I try to pick something up. It just, it just doesn't work that way. So yes, strength is important, but doing core exercises uh, is not that important doing separate core exercises. Here's what I would say is important. Here's what I would like people to take away. Um, the muscles of breathing, the components of the body necessary for breath are the same uh, as the components of the body necessary for core function. And so the easiest way to start to harmonize and naturalize core function is by naturalizing a more healthy and efficient breathing method. And um, while that's a little complicated to lay out in over just talk, um, we're going to get to that in just a minute, but that's the best thing you can do is change your breathing and let your breathing start to change your alignment and start to bring awareness of your breath and your alignment into your movement so that as you change your tasks, your body helps your core to understand both how it should function and to what level of strength it should function. So how it coordinates and how much strength it needs given the task that you are currently trying to do. Because the way your core should work as you do a bicep curl is very different even than the way your core should work as you do a shoulder press, which are a very linked action. That is how I pick something up and put it on a high shelf, right? I curl it to me, I put it in high shelf. Those are two very different ways for your core to function and support as you do what is seemingly one simple action of picking something up and putting on a shelf above you. So again, there is no way that A, we can neurologically organize that ourselves consciously, and there is no way that we are going to shift over to some other space and train this stuff and then reintegrate it into this seamlessly. It's just it's just not efficient, right? Meaning that, again, you can't go and do side planks and crunches and planks and then come back and do these things and say, okay, now squeeze these muscles like you do in a plank or a side plank and crunch and do this action because that's what your core needs to do because that's just not the case. What we need to do is, again, approach our core function as this big picture right? And know that that big picture is kind of simple. If I just am aware of my breathing and my alignment and I maintain my breathing and alignment as I do action, my brain's going to figure the rest out for me. It is going to help to organize these thousands of five, hundreds of thousands of fibers and tissue, soft tissue and muscle to organize in the way I want to help to get me safely and efficiently through this task. So if you want to get more strong, 
start to change your breathing, your alignment, start to carry that over into the task you want and slowly or exercise you want and slowly increase load and challenge until you reach the point you want. Um, I like to lift heavy things. I like to do deadlifts. I like to push heavy weights overhead. Um, And the way I got there was not by, this is ridiculous coming from someone who specializes in really in core health and core strength. I did not get there by doing core exercises. Not that I never do any, but they are a small part of what I do and they are built in to more of a movement continuum, right? Almost like the way a yoga class would progress. So as far as what I have for you to work with, um, I my website, uh, my brand outside of this is MoveEd, M-O-V-E-D, Movement Education, MoveEd. And my website is moveed.fit, M-O-V-E-D dot F-I-T. Um, and I have uh, YouTube videos on there. And at the moment, uh, there will be more in the future, but at the moment, all of those YouTube videos are about breathing um, and about using that breath to start to be aware of core connection and alignment in a different way. Um, How does being aware of that core core connection, our breathing connection and our alignment in a different way start to um, automatically correct all of these different dysfunctions through our pelvis, through our abdominals, through our lower back, through our shoulders and our neck, because we even start to change the way our ribs and our thoracic spine sit in gravity, right? So we start to look at all of that. How do we change the alignment of our entire torso? So we therefore in even change then because we're changing the function of the pelvis, we even start to change the function of our hips. So how does changing our breathing and our alignment start to change our core, our, and everything involved in the torso, our hip, our shoulder, and our neck alignment and motion and health. So I have a lot of it. Vi- I have videos already about breathing and how we start to use that and videos about how to link up the core. And I also, um, every week, teach two online classes, virtual classes, um, which again, you can sign up for on my website. Um, one of them is called Breath and Balance, and it is all about connecting to this breath, starting to feel how this breath provides alignment and support and how we start to move our limbs, hips, shoulders around that breath and support, um, standing up, squatting, bending over, um, push-ups, movements of the spine, squats, lunges. We just start to break down all of those things. So I do have some tools out there. Um, I would love it if more people would make use of them because um, I would like everyone to have healthier movement, because if you have healthier movement, you're going to move for longer. I think the worst thing is, you know, if I break down again, who needs to focus on better core health? Well, almost everyone. And when you don't focus on that, when you don't go to the foundation of that, the long-term effect of this is your movement patterns are going to break down and you're going to start to take away things that you want to do because they don't feel good or you don't feel capable of them. And I think that is just such a sad story. It just it's, it just breaks my heart when people give up things that they want to do or give up things they used to do because they don't feel capable of them anymore. And, and it's shocking how late in life you can be capable of so much if you just sort of change your perspective. So my goal is change your perspective, 
See your core as your breath, change your breath, change your mindset. Um, thanks for listening in this week. Um, this is the last time I should be solo for this, but that was the big thing I kind of had to say anyway. So thanks for listening in. Um, next week, I'm going to have the unnest, unnesting mom, Damara, on, and we're going to be talking about um, kind of prioritizing your life, stepping back and looking at what's important and, and where we really need to provide our focus and our energy. I'm really excited about that. Um, so listen in next week. And until then, have a great, fit, healthy week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Able Active Moms. We hope the moms out there have learned something useful to help them with their own lives. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week.